When I first took karate, I was already an activist, and I could see right away what this could do for women in the 70s. It was so transformative to having a different way of experiencing my body of power, strength, and also collectively when I was moving with other women, just doing drills across the floor. Everyone should have access to fitness. Fitness doesn't belong to just the folks who can pay for the gym membership. Fitness and self-defense and martial arts really belongs to everyone. You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. In this episode, we're talking to two groups that teach self-defense skills, Pop Gym and the Center for Anti-Violence Education. I'm Annie Elman. I was one of the co-founders of the Center for Anti-Violence Education, which at that time was Brooklyn Women's Martial Arts in 1974. And it was a time when one of my karate teachers, Nadia Telsey, um, who had been teaching karate in Manhattan, she moved to Brooklyn and we started teaching together. I had been teaching in Brooklyn since 1973. Nadia and I always had a political perspective that was anti-capitalist and anti-racist. We called ourselves a feminist, anti-racist, and sometimes we'd say pro-lesbian organization. We knew that we had to fight the way the system worked, that violence was something that was there to divide us, and that the misogyny and the white supremacy that existed was really a big part of um, the violence that we all faced. And we were making the point right away that you needed to connect self-defense with the series of oppressions that really foster and um, encourage violence. And Nadja often said our politics were our, was our compass. Annie led CAE for 30 years, and she continues to be involved as the program director and head martial arts instructor. She also designed their original curricula. Women kind of poured into our classes in the beginning, and then we grew and um, we developed a self-defense class, which at that time we knew of none. And so we sat actually around our kitchen table and said, well, what would we teach in a self-defense class? Because martial arts is ongoing, and people who have less privilege and money can not take ongoing. And so we started self-defense classes for women. I always taught with a sliding fee scale. I felt like self-defense and martial arts training should be a right. Always had free childcare. Then we started children's classes. And so we were really kind of developing community and an idea of what the beginnings of anti-violence work would look like. Brooklyn Women's Martial Arts and the Center for Anti-Violence Education, you know, is now um, 43 years old. And I think it's lasted so long because there's so many voices of people who have built it. Over the life of the organization, I feel like we had three kind of major, almost like revolutions within the organization. One was anti-racism. We had an anti-racist perspective, but it was led by two white women. And so we really heard from the women of color in the organization that we needed to really have a much more upfront anti-racist curriculum In everything we did, anti-racism had to be infused. And we started series of anti-racism training for white women and thinking about the organization as a whole. We also, um, even though we were women and so many of us were survivors, 
we didn't really have an upfront survivor's perspective because many of us at that time had it hidden and deep. Whereas I have so much respect for so many people who come in now knowing they're survivors and really working from that place and building strength. In my generation, there were so many of us that it was buried. That what I say is we tried to get strong on the outside and then we could sort of start looking inside. So a really strong survivor's perspective and language and inclusivity and understanding that at every moment we are doing the best that we can do. So we did change a lot of curriculum and programming based on that. And then in the 90s, we started understanding that we had to really think about gender identity, what was really at the roots of a lot of violence against women, and we became we were one of the, really the first organizations that I knew of that became um, trans inclusive, and we really took a stand that we're talking about gender oppression, and that that goes very deep, and that's something the whole society had to reckon with. But it was a very big deal for me to think about not being a women's organization anymore. We had been founded as one, and we had been you know going for probably almost twenty years. And what we started with was being open to trans women. And then within about three or five years, we became open to anybody who either identified as a woman at any time or was gender nonconforming or fluid and who wanted to come. We are from the Center for Anti-Violence Education and CAE. We learn how to protect, keep ourselves safe and we learn how to um, take action to end violence in our community and our world. I'm also a part of the Peer Educator Program, and in the Peer Educator Program, we help educate youth, youths in self-defense and self-defense training. CAE is awesome because we have this really broad definition of self-defense, so it includes what you think of as like physical techniques and then also using your voice and then also like activism and collectivism and community empowerment as part of that too. So it's not just physical self-defense. We talk a lot about using your voice and doing activism and going out and being essentially just present. My name is Izzy Finkelstein and I'm program coordinator for school and community empowerment at CAE. I'm Rachel Marks. I'm from the Center for Anti-Violence Education, and I'm a program assistant. You're hearing a demonstration led by CAE's peer educators. They're youth trained in violence prevention who teach self-defense workshops to other young people. I want you guys to yell with me. Like, I'm going to say, yell out your name. And when I say go, you guys could yell it out with me. Um... So we're going to yell our name out in one, two, three. Julie Summers. <laughs> now I want you guys to yell out your favorite ice cream flavor. So one, two, three. Strawberry. <laughs> now I want you guys to yell no as loud as you can um, in one, two, three. No! I want you guys to yell stop now. So one, two, three. Stop! Stop! <laughs> it was good, it was good. <laughs> uh, I want you guys to yell out, leave me alone. One, two, three.
As someone who was a teenage girl, like it's very easy to disassociate from your body and there's so much pressure to like not really feel empowered and grounded in yourself and in your body. And I think self-defense is really a lot about like mind-body awareness and connection. So that feels really important to like feel powerful in your body and to own it and you know whatever shape or size or whatever it is to feel like it's yours and you can use it and be powerful in your body I think is really important. I think people can walk away from the workshops feeling more empowered, more secure and confident. But I do think it is like a radical shift to all of a sudden, especially to be doing moves that feel sort of like powerful, right? Or yelling, for example, which is like for most like teen girls, they're not conforming youth to be using your voice and like taking up space in that way is something that's really not natural to folks and to us. Um, so I think moving from a place of like me being more self-conscious or shy or embarrassed and then being able to like own your body and take up space. Now I'll be teaching you guys the palm heel strike and the palm heel strike looks like this. And you wanna remember that the palm heel strike can be aimed to um, either one of two places, so either the nose or the chin. And you wanna think about if you're in a serious situation or in a not a serious situation. And if you're in a serious situation, you wanna think about aiming to the nose because that can send the attacker to the hospital. But if you aim, the, aim to their chin, it can send them home. So just think about that and um, the context of the situation. So when you start out with the palm heel strike, you wanna have both of your hands out like this, and you wanna have your hands as flat as possible, pushing out the palm, the heel of your palm. So even if you just hit those two together, you can see how hard it is. So if that comes in contact with your nose, then you're done. Yeah. And you can also curl your fingers back if that feels more comfortable for you, as long as your fingers are out of the way and your thumbs are glued to the sides of your hand. Now put that on the side of your body and you want to, again, make sure that you're pushing the heel of your palm out so that you can hit the attacker's nose or chin. And as you do this, you're going to take one of your hands and twist it out and up into the attacker's nose. So you want to think about going up, like kind of like that, instead of just straight onto it because this does more damage. My name is uh, Gray. I use uh, he and they pronouns, and I'm one of the co-organizers of the project that's known as uh, Pop Gym. I've done kind of various martial arts uh, for a number of years. I'm a third degree black belt in Taekwondo, and I've done various kind of like what's known as mixed martial arts type studies, whether it's Muay Thai or boxing, a little bit of jujitsu. Pop Gym is a collective of instructors working toward opening a physical space in which they'll offer classes in fitness and self-defense. In the meantime, they're teaching at free drop-in workshops all over the city. I asked Gray what I would learn if I took his class. In these workshops, these one-time workshops, we're not training people to like be Golden Glove fighters at MSG. We're not training people to be inside of like a an octagon, you know, like UFC or like competitive fighting. But these situations in which we like to tell people that you're you're trying to go from a red zone to a green zone. So red zone is which you're within someone's striking distance, and that's a very particular moment where a fight can start. There's a particular moment, which is we usually stand, me and a co-instructor, we kind of stand away from each other, put our hands out, and we're kind of like our fingertips are touching. That's what we like to call a green zone, because unless they move forward at that point, there's very little they can do to actually physically harm us. And then once they get into our red zone, which is where you know all these boxers and like UFC fighters make their money, it's where all the hits happen. We want to get people, give people skills to get out of that red zone into the green zone. Basically, we're teaching people just to help them navigate and get out of that situation.
we teach them basic boxing stance, but a little bit modified. So it's it's uh, instead of fist up, it's hands open. We we love the the hands open because number one, it, it gets you ready for anything. It could also be your your last chance to verbally deescalate a situation. We have um, a friend of mine who's an instructor says there's three things that can happen to you in a fight. Uh, they get hurt, you get hurt, or you're both both parties get hurt. And pop gym workshops offer a holistic approach to safety. We like to say that it would be easy for us to kind of stand up in front of the room and say that like, yeah, if you just were like super zen about it and kind of like push out all your feelings and just like focused and just focus on the present, then you'll be fine. But of course, that's not what happens. I'm a person with, you know, a little bit to a lot of bit of anxiety. And so every sometimes every moment, just like I can't, you know, you just can't push those feelings out. They're a part of you. And so we talk about kind of understanding yourself in those moments, understanding those feelings and working with them. The fact that people made it to our room, you know, wherever we are when we teach the workshops, it's kind of an example that they are already the masters of their own self-defense. They have skills that they could probably even teach us as the quote-unquote instructors um, on how to survive and get by the world. And it hasn't been equal for everyone who came into the room, different paths, different difficulties. There's tons of different types of oppression that definitely make it challenging for folks to just kind of get by. But we're just adding a skill. It's not like a lifestyle that we're teaching. We're just teaching a skill that will hopefully help folks navigate the world a little bit easier, maybe feel a little bit more comfortable, feel a little more confident, and know what to do if a violent situation occurs. You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. This episode included audio from a self-defense demo by the CAE Peer Educators at our block party in September 2017, originally broadcast live on Radio Free Gowanus. For more information about Pop Gym or the Center for Anti-Violence Education, check out the links in our show notes. I gotta be me. From all of us at Audio Interference, thanks for listening.